You're listening to a podcast from St Bart's. To find out more about our church or to take a next step, visit stbarts.com.au. This morning we're going to be focusing on the Jeremiah reading, but I think it's fascinating to reflect on how Jeremiah fits into that parable as one of the prophets that God sent to his people. So it would be really helpful to have your Bible or your Bible apps open at Jeremiah chapter 1 as we begin uh, this new series on Jeremiah. Let's begin with prayer. Heavenly Father, as you have given us your word, give us now your spirit that we may understand and live the things which we hear. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Our new series, focusing on the life and ministry of Jeremiah, is subtitled Fire in the Bones. This is taken from Jeremiah's own words in chapter 20. He was complaining to God about the consequences of his prophetic ministry. Due to its challenging nature and the unpopularity of the messages, Jeremiah was ridiculed, mocked, insulted, and reproached by the people. Even his friends planned their revenge on him. But Jeremiah announced this would happen if he were to remain silent. God's word is in my heart like a fire, a fire shut up in my bones. So he couldn't keep silent. He had to share God's word. Despite all the challenges, the cost, and the apparent futility of his ministry, Jeremiah remained faithful to God's call through the reign of three kings, some 40 years to the very end. Jeremiah is often described as the weeping prophet. He grieved over the wickedness of his people and the impending judgment the nation's sin had provoked. Jeremiah's warnings went mostly unheeded and he responded to Judah's rebellion with tears of mourning. And this grief was compounded by loneliness as Jeremiah was forbidden to marry or have children. God, however, remained faithful to him on every step of his journey. Jeremiah is also called the reluctant prophet because he didn't think he had what it would take to fulfill the call God made on his life. He certainly wasn't alone in that. Many others called by God doubted their worthiness, their goodness, and their ability to perform that which God called them to do. We should be encouraged in our doubts because each and every time, including for Jeremiah, God addressed their concerns with his love, grace, and provision. So perhaps we should call Jeremiah the unbreakable prophet. He endured enemy plots, was whipped and put in stocks, flogged and bound in a dungeon, lowered by ropes into the deep mire of an abandoned well. Despite all of these experiences, 
Jeremiah was unwavering in his dedication to speaking God's message with boldness and courage. This morning we focus on Jeremiah's call to the role of prophet. We find that Jeremiah's call was grounded in being known and chosen. When Jeremiah raised concerns, God equipped and purposed him. And in the midst of danger, God promised to be with him, sustaining and protecting him. We might feel overshadowed by Jeremiah's greatness, but as Christians, we are all called to participate in God's mission on our front lines. So we too can be encouraged by Jeremiah's call to ministry. This is all we really know about Jeremiah from verse 1. The words of Jeremiah, son of Hilkiah, one of the priests at Anathoth in the territory of Benjamin. Jeremiah grew up close to Jerusalem in a priestly family. Now, in many ways, the life of a priest was more predictable and safe than the life of a prophet. Priests were responsible for overseeing worship and sacrifices. These were all closely regulated by the law and followed a set pattern. They helped people to look back, to remember who God was and what he had done for them so they would be sustained in their relationship with God in the present Prophets, on the other hand, spoke God's word to people and leaders alike, never knowing what God would ask them to say and when. Prophets spoke about the present and how people's decisions and actions would influence their future. Often the truth was too hard to hear. The prophets' lives were often put at serious risk. It was this second role to be a prophet that God called Jeremiah to live out. And we hear that in verse 5. The word of the Lord came to me, saying, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Jeremiah is about to be called to an incredibly difficult role. So God begins by giving Jeremiah confidence that he was known intimately by his creator, even before he was formed In his mother's womb. We reminded of Psalm 139, where we are assured that we are all known by God, with David writing, For you created my inmost being, you knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. We are known because God created us. When God calls Samuel, Samuel thought it was the priest Eli who he ministered under, calling out to him in the night. Samuel didn't know the Lord yet, and the word of the Lord hadn't yet been revealed to him. Samuel didn't know the Lord, but God knew Samuel and chose him to be a prophet. Before, because God created us, he knows us. He knows us even better than we know ourselves. And that means he knows what we are truly capable of. It means he knew what Jeremiah was capable of doing. That is why he chose Jeremiah. He was known and chosen. So verse 5 can also be read this way. Before I formed you in the womb, I chose you. 
Before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. Jeremiah was known, chosen, set apart, and appointed as a prophet to the nations. The fact that God knew and chose Jeremiah for this task meant that this was no random assignment. God didn't roll a dice and end up with Jeremiah. And Jeremiah also wasn't plan B or C or D or E. Jeremiah was his first and only choice. How did Jeremiah respond to this call? Well, he responded pretty much the same way as every other person called by God. He replied, Alas, sovereign Lord, I do not know how to speak. I am too young. Jeremiah didn't think he was the right person for the job. He wasn't gifted enough. And he thought he was too young for anyone to take notice of him and listen to him. Now, of all the prophets, Moses probably came up with the most objections to being called by God. This is what he said. He said, who am I? He said, what will I say when they ask me your name? He said, what if they don't believe me or listen to me? He said, I'm not very good at public speaking. And when God gave him an answer each time, he finally said, can you just send someone anyone else. Faith means believing in something that we can't see. Moses couldn't see that he was the right man for the job. Jeremiah felt the same. The call of Jeremiah should reassure us that we should have faith when God calls us. Even if we don't think or see that we're good enough or gifted enough for the task, we can have faith that God has chosen us because he knows us and he knows we can do it with his help. Jeremiah objected to God's call because he didn't think he knew how to speak well enough and he thought he was too young. By his grace, God addressed those concerns directly by equipping Jeremiah for the task and then outlining his purpose. God addressed Jeremiah's concern that he was too young first. God said, Do not say I am too young. You must go to everyone I send to you and say whatever I command you. Do not be afraid of them, for I am with you and will rescue you. Basically, God said to Jeremiah that he shouldn't think he was too young for the job because God would be with him. God would tell him what to say, and God would protect him. God said to Jeremiah, Fear not, for I am with you. God then dealt with Jeremiah's other concern, not being a confident speaker. Then the Lord reached out his hand and touched my mouth and said to me, I have put my words in your mouth. God called Jeremiah to be his prophet his messenger, his mouthpiece. So this was a powerful way to demonstrate to Jeremiah that God would give him the words to say and God would give him the confidence to express them courageously and fearlessly. God doesn't usually call the equipped. He rather equips the called. 
What is most important is being available and willing to be shaped and equipped for that call. You might not think you have the skills or confidence to answer God's call, but Jeremiah reminds us that if God calls us to a task, he will equip us for that task. If we look at Jeremiah's ministry over his lifetime, we see that he grew in confidence and in his ability to communicate God's message as his relationship with God deepened and matured. So after reassuring Jeremiah that he wasn't too young and after placing his word in Jeremiah's mouth, he then gave him a one-line summary of his prophetic ministry. See today, I appoint you over nations and kingdoms to uproot and tear down, to destroy and overthrow, to build and to plant. A simple task? Not quite. Uproot, tear down, destroy, overthrow. Right from the beginning, Jeremiah knew his ministry was significant but extremely challenging. God then gave Jeremiah two visions which fleshed out this one-line executive summary. The first was a vision of a branch from an almond tree. In Israel, the almond tree flowers first but is the last to produce fruit. Now, I'm fairly sure I couldn't identify an almond tree branch if it was given to me. But Jeremiah saw and knew exactly what it was. This prophecy used a play on words that carried a vital truth for the people of Israel. The Hebrew word for almond, sheked, is also translated to watch. By seeing the almond branch, God assured Jeremiah that he was watching over his word to bring it to pass, no matter the passage of time. God would watch over the remnants of Israel and see if they responded to the messages of judgment and warning. There would be consequence if the people persisted in their sin. The second was definitely more dramatic and confronting. Jeremiah said, I see a pot that is boiling. It is tilting towards us from the north. God explained to Jeremiah what this vision meant. From the north, disaster will be poured out on all who live in the land. I'm about to summon all the peoples of the northern kingdoms. Their kings will come and set up their thrones in the entrance of the gates of Jerusalem. They will come against all her surrounding walls and against all the towns of Judah. I will pronounce my judgments on all my people because of their wickedness in forsaking me, in burning incense to other gods, and in worshipping what their hands have made. According to God's word, Judah, including Jerusalem, was about to be destroyed by people from the northern kingdoms. In 721 BC, Assyria swept out of the north, captured the northern kingdom of Israel, and took the ten tribes into captivity. But now, nearly 100 years later, a new power was rising, the Babylonians. They would overthrow the Assyrians and replace them as the dominant empire in the region. 
At the same time, Egypt was becoming a resurgent power to the south. Judah would be caught in the middle, a small nation sandwiched between two powerful ones. But as it turned out, Babylon would present the real threat to Judah. God explained why this would come to pass. The people were wicked and had forsaken God. They had turned away from him and chosen their own paths. They had been unfaithful to God, worshipping other gods and worshipping idols. God had promised to be the God of Israel, but his people had rejected him. God had been patient with his people, but they were stubborn in their sin, and God's patience was about to run out. Judah was facing the same fate as the northern kingdom had endured. Now, as Christians, we are given a different message to proclaim. The message that we are entrusted with as Christians is that we are saved when we trust in Jesus as Lord and Saviour, when we repent and when we believe. Paul emphasised the importance of going out and telling people about Jesus in Romans chapter 10. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. How then can they call on the one they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one of whom they haven't heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? How can anyone preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. We are sent to bring that good news to our front lines. Now, the Lord didn't give Jeremiah a joyful message of deliverance to announce, but a confronting message of judgment. As a result, Jeremiah would be misunderstood, persecuted, arrested, and imprisoned. More than once, his life was threatened. The people just didn't want to hear the truth. As Jeremiah told them plainly, they were defying the law, the Lord, disobeying the law, and destined for judgment. Now, it would have been totally understandable if Jeremiah had wanted to run away and hide. After all, that's exactly what Jonah did when God told him to go to the city of Nineveh. Jonah jumped on a boat that was going in the completely opposite direction, and he wanted to go as far away from Nineveh as he could. God told Jeremiah, get yourself ready. Stand up and say to them whatever I command you. Don't be terrified by them, or I will terrify you before them. The time to act was now. Jeremiah was to be ready. He was to stand tall and speak the words God gave him. Jeremiah would be sustained by his word. Once again, God told him not to fear. Though this time, God warned Jeremiah there would be consequences if he disobeyed God, just as there would be consequences for Judah if they continue to disobey God. Then God promised to protect Jeremiah as he spoke God's word to the people. 
Today I have made you a fortified city, an iron pillar and a bronze wall to stand against the whole land, against the kings of Judah, its officials, its priests and the people of the land. They will fight against you but will not overcome you for I am with you and will rescue you. What God said through Jeremiah would be dangerous for him but God gave Jeremiah the strength to endure. Notice the terms that God gives to Jeremiah. A fortified city, an iron pillar, and bronze walls. They're solid and unshakable, like the God who conceived them and the prophet Jeremiah would become. Attack you they will, overcome you they won't. God didn't promise to save Jeremiah from trouble, just as he doesn't promise us the same. But he promised to carry him just as he promises to carry us through challenging circumstances. A young American athlete, Louis Zamperini, enlisted in the Air Force during World War II. While on mission, his plane crashed at sea, killing eight out of the 11 on board. Louis and two others clambered onto life rafts. They drifted for two months, fending off sharks, riding out storms, ducking bullets from an enemy plane, and catching and eating raw fish and birds. They finally drifted onto an island, but they were immediately captured. For the next two years, he was beaten, tortured, and worked mercilessly as a prisoner of war. His story is told in the book and film, Unbroken. Jeremiah is one of the Bible's unbreakable characters. He remained faithful to God's call because God knew him. God chose him. God equipped him. God purposed him. God sustained him and protected him. He survived because God had promised to stay with him and rescue him. God makes the same promise to us in Hebrews. Never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. Louis recognised God's protection in all his experiences. And after the war, he gave his life to Jesus. He forgave his captors and even led some to Christ. Now, a bit of a spoiler alert, Jeremiah's ministry doesn't have a happy ending. But we do see a glimpse of hope in Jeremiah's call. Yes, he was to uproot and tear down, to destroy and overthrow, but he was also to build and to plant. His ministry looked forward to a time when the people would be reconciled to God, when Israel would be restored. And this promise finds its ultimate fulfilment in Jesus on the cross. So just as Jeremiah was called to be God's prophet, how might God be asking you to serve his mission in the world. Let us pray and ask for God's help with that question. 
Heavenly Father, we thank you so much that you know us. And out of that intimate knowledge, you choose us to be your people and you choose us to be your servants of your mission. We pray that you would equip us for the task. We pray that you would help us to understand our purpose to share the good news. We pray that you, by your spirit you would sustain us and that you would protect us. Help us to have the same confidence that Jeremiah had in his call that we would boldly and courageously share your good news on our front lines. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. This has been a podcast from St. Bart's. To learn more or to take a next step, visit stbarts.com.au.